Did you, is no. it a booster for Pfizer or Moderna? Pfizer. Ah, God, I hate Pfizer. this new fucking tray. <laughs> it's like I make it. It's, it's completely spoken with my. It's getting spoken with my speech. Matt, I'm turning into mess man. Matt, answer his question: Is it for Pfizer or his dinner? <laughs> and tonight, Pfizer. the part Pfizer. of Andy yeah. will be played by Jeff. Because see, I was looking at this. Because I was looking on the CDC site and they were recommending a booster for Moderna and Johnson and Johnson, but there was nothing about getting a booster for Pfizer. The Canadian Broadcasting Corporation, what? CDC. Oh, I heard CBC as well. Yes, I don't know. Well, you know, I mean, you, I can, I, it makes sense because you miss home. But we are the CBC. Doesn't have the same ring. Not the BBC. It doesn't have the same. A BBC one. A BBC two. A BB, a CDC, a CBC, a CDC, a CDC one, a CDC two. A BBC. You're forgetting, you're forgetting BBC Radio. See, now you're going to make me want to dig out the pictures of me as Austin Powers from you know a couple yeah. decades ago oh. and put them up. Was that a couple decades at this point? Yeah, Christ. it's been it's been near. Well, the 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 first time I did it is more than twenty years ago. Uh, first time I did it would have been in like ninety seven or ninety eight. The most recent time I did it was for one of the famous Cherokee parties that we had. Cherokee house parties right. that we had. That, this house? At this house. <laughs> that's the picture I've seen. Yeah. And goddamn, Jeff, yeah. you were a solid Austin Powers. Like, it, spot on. Yeah, and that one, I, I couldn't grow my hair out because I was working. Uh, already right bald at that to, age? No, no, no. Oh. I was already, I was working, so I had to keep, you know. Grooming standards like we had at Star Trek, but um, gotcha. yeah, but uh, goddamn but, man. Speaking of which, you you two look like you enlisted. You uh, <laughs> you guys going off to battle? We talk about every I just now got a haircut. your hair is shorn. Yeah. I, I, I sh- my hair is shorn. Very you are short. shorn. I'm quite shorn. You are shorn. You took it right to the wood. I, I do, man. Yeah, I, I I am the easiest cut to do. Usually that's me, but look at you guys. Yeah, yeah. It's, I, I yours are just male pattern baldness, right? <laughs> That's 80s Jeff's Are you talking about wow. my receding hairline? That you're, Good God. Wow. That, that I'm fully aware of, and but thank you for well, you know, telling the whole audience it's now. Not, it's all too aware not of. Really, Yeah, it's like, you know, it's not like there's a big problem there. No. Matt's kind of I'm just fixated. Wow. Uh, Sometimes you got to give 80s Jeff I, a little problem. I got my hair cut last week, so it's... That's been, it's, where you got to go. We got two hours coming. There's going to be plenty. He's already with his plastic teeth. Yeah. Leave the man's hair alone. Holy okay, Kay. Holy Jesus. shit. Welcome, folks, to Geek Shock number 610. I am Master Torgo. 80s Jeff. <laughs> believe Mads. And we're here to talk week and geek and pile on to Jeff, apparently. It's a, <laughs> that's a, that's a good start. Yeah, since we started moving the recording onto the day that uh, is where I have to change my Invisalign tray. That's on it's, purpose. It's, yes. it's always the worst as far as my teeth adjusting. And then I sound completely ridiculous for like the first couple of days after changing the tray. Can we start calling those your Andy dentures? My handy dentures? <laughs> sure. 
But yeah, any any S or sh sounds. You did those just fine. Yeah, really. That's because I'm focusing on it. <laughs> oh, I have to literally I focus see. on saying something. Focus. I mean, I can't really speak to this, but I yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well. <laughs> and the worst yeah. thing is because take actual, notes, Andy. Actual, focus when you speak. Well, yeah, that's yeah. That's 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 an Andy thing ongoing for not just speaking, it's everything. <laughs> this week's Geek Shock sponsor is Alternate Reality Comics, celebrating their 26th anniversary, just had their grand opening, and you can find them at 5300 Southeastern Avenue, number 130, Las Vegas, 89119. If you need comics, Ralph's got them. Get him. He's a great retailer, literally an award-winning. Literally. I love all the art on his walls. Yeah. My God. It's like a goddamn museum when you walk into a shop. It's lovely. It's just great. So I went in there at like 10 o'clock last Saturday. And I guess I should wait for what the geeky things you do, huh? It It was just relevant for the conversation. Actually, Matt, we're so goddamn happy you're talking about something. (laughs) It's whenever. At this point, you can make it the Matt show. Go ahead. (laughs) All right. Welcome to the Matt show. Uh, Oh, fuck. What did I do? uh, Sports ball, sports ball, sports ball. Warhammer, sports ball, sports ball, sports ball. I take it back. And also our sponsor, War Room Games. They're having their grand opening on October 30th, but they've already had their, shot, their soft opening, so you can go ahead and check them out yeah. at 2510 <laughs> East Sunset Road Suite 3 here in Las Vegas. If you like Warhammer, if you like board games, hell, if you like gaming at all, check them out. And if you like soft openings. You your know. store <laughs> opening is soft. It is not worthy of a Klingon. <laughs> you can check them out at warroomgames.wrg.com if you want to know all their... They have daily events. Like like a good proper game shop should yeah. like like Wednesdays are board game nights. I think uh, Warhammer AOS is on Fridays. Fridays I think and, to, Thursdays, to, yeah. and I think they also have Star Wars Legacy that day. So you can check out their entire calendar on their website. So War Room Games, Alternate Reality Comics. Thank you for sponsoring Geek Shock this week. And gentlemen, before we get into what geeky things we did this week, I do want to throw out some stuff. Thank you, everybody who uh, joined up on Kofi uh, this week. And since we started, uh, it's been beyond our wildest dreams. Uh, you, you are making our dreams come true. So thank you so, so very much. Uh, a few things I want to say. Uh, I'm planning on being available for board games this Saturday evening. So hit me up on the Discord with what games you want to play if you too are available. And we'll get some board gaming going on this week. Also, the miniature is finished for the giveaway. Uh, Discord has named him Tim, and and properly so. Uh, I, I I'm very happy with this miniature. Mm. Uh, it is the first time I've used my airbrush to do object source lighting, Ooh. and it worked really really nice. Ooh. So the skull on the end of his uh, staff is just giving off this eerie green light over him, and oh. I, I'm very very excited by it. And I'm not sad to give it away because I want it to go to a good home. So if you are uh, uh, the $20 tier member or above, you'll be entered into the drawing, which will happen on the show next week. So be listening next week uh, to see who wins the first mini of many minis. Many, it, many, many minis. If we, uh, if we do a $40 tier, do we get two no. uh, inserts in the drawing? That's not how that works. $60? Nah, everyone gets an equal shot. $100 get five entries. No, $100 gets D&D games. Oh, that's, oh that's, that's D&D games. Yes. Yeah, unless you're Jake. 
because then you apparently want to watch Caligula. <laughs> <laughs> this is this surprises no one. I got to Vargo watch it with him. And folks, he loves Caligula. We got to get that we we got to get that rolling, especially since Astral Tabletop is apparently going to die right in the next the year or so. Well, it's so. still going to be around, it's just not going to update anymore. Well, the there is an article I uh actually I think uh DM Mike linked it and we're in the middle of your thing and probably should be elsewhere in the podcast, but uh, the person analyzing the article made some good points of it. It, it there's a lot of language there that makes him think it's on its way out. So. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> and for all of our Kofi members, uh, the spoiler talk for Lower Decks is already up. That's right. Uh, so go ahead and hit Discord, and you can get to the Kofi and get the uh, the files there. So we have two spoiler talks up next week. We'll be spoiler talking Dune if all goes well. Uh, so that's available to all Kofi members. And if you want to be a Kofi member and support us, we really appreciate it. Just go to ko-fi slash GeekShock and all the information is there. Dot com. You can also go to GeekShockPodcast.com and click on the donate button. It'll take you directly to that directly. Kofi page. Indeed. And again, directly. this show will directly always be free. And we appreciate you just for listening and being a part of the show. Thank you so much, everybody. Oh, boy. You friggin' rock. And, what? Uh, oh boy, what? Uh, I just, I just, I'm. It, do we have time to start a tape? I want to draw up a grid and let's do a pool on when Jeff finally just hauls off and <laughs> smacks Matt. Why? What did I, you say this time? I, oh, was, I, I, I was think it's gonna. <laughs> it was a good plan, but I think it's gonna happen. Uh, the Geek Shock Book Club is uh, now nominating the next book for November. So, book club members, go ahead and put your nominations in. And now we got to talk about some fucking bullshit. Uh oh! God damn it, motherfuckers! What did Barry what? do now? What, what did he do? What What did Pat do now? Geek Shock had the pinball tournament this week. Uh oh! The Deadpool. Oh, I saw that pinball tournament this week. Uh oh! And so uh, eight people uh, joined in the tournament. So thank you, everybody who played. You are awesome. Uh, I will now read the standings and the winners of the pinball tournament. Uh, we have Leon in eighth place with two point seven million. Jeffy Roth at the seventh place with 6.2 million. Maestrith with a 6.4 million at spot number six. Ozzy Matt taking a solid five at 6.9 million. Uh, Mr. Hyde at 7.4 million. Yep. Master, why don't you, Master, why don't you name it off? Come what? on, I saw what? it. What? Master Torgo in third place. For twelve point three million. Whoa! I didn't know you bumped down to third. I third. thought you were in second last I checked. Second place is Vlarg with fourteen point seven million. Ah. Ah. And, ah. and number one spot, Jake with sixteen point nine million. Winner of Jake. the Deadpool pinball tournament. Jake. I am both excited and upset. I thought you were going to say humbled, but no, clearly, clearly, oh, clearly yeah, not. Real, humbled. No, you're right. Fuck you, humbled. <laughs> so I am. I am, it, it was it was earned. Good job, Jake Flarg. Thank you for everybody <laughs> who played. Not that I necessarily believe in karma, but do you feel like it might be karmic retribution for all those suck it to, uh, Vlarg and no. Vlarg sucks no. on, on any all no. those games that you played over you know, it. Nope. Pinball Hall of Fame. I am one for sixteen. That's fine. Okay, I, I'm fine. <laughs> you don't seem fine. <laughs> it seems like it's really gotten under your skin here. How, no, how would you know? Is it my gritted teeth? Is the fact my teeth are crumbling? As Clench, we speak? Clenched teeth. Are you uh, saying he's tilt? He's on tilt. My nails. Teeth. Ah, my, Locked my, jaw. Very nice. Very nice. 
Squinty eyes. I look know. at his thumbs. He's, Na- he's he's already trying to play the game. Nails digging into my hands. Yeah. What could possibly fucking be wrong? I don't Man. know. And it must it must God Vlarg mm-hmm. number two Vlarg. He wasn't even on the board last I checked. Did he just out of the wild hair go? Oh, it's the last day of the tournament. I'm going to play. According to him, he only did one play too. So oh wow. Oh, that's mm. why he's upset. No, that's <laughs> because he's number two and I'm number three. <laughs> I don't care how many plays he has. He's ahead of me. Mm. This is not one. Sorry? This is not one. He is not number one. Number one. Yeah. But Jake in his earned place. Good job, yeah. Jake. Goodness. God fucking damn it. Dar. Golly. Can you imagine if it was Vlarg one, Jake's two, and then you? Nope. Hmm. Nope. I would, have, I would have to end the podcast. That's, a, that's, a, that's like a what if moment right there. Like, what if Torgo woke up? That, that, reminds, that reminds me of those old demotivational posters. Like, <laughs> second, second place is the first loser. So, does yeah. that mean that Barry's the first loser and you're yeah, the second really. loser? That you're, sounds right. God damn. You are second loser. I'm fucking second loser. Second loser. God damn it. Shit. All right. Good job, everybody who played. There will be another pinball tournament in the future. Uh, probably near future, but in the meantime... Yeah, you get enjoy, a shitty medal. Bronze. Enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's on, he's on that lowest step one, of yeah. the podium. Yeah. Great. I can sell that to the recycler, I guess. Well, yeah. at least the Geek Shock theme plays for both second and third place. I well, don't know what, yeah. what Jake's theme I, I, would be for first place. I was going to say he uh, t- Todd can take a little pride because the Indiana State anthem would play while Jack, you know, Jake is uh, taking his gold medal. So, <laughs> I, like, I have some pride in Indiana. <laughs> Even Jake does have pride in Indiana. <laughs> well, maybe we could get Borat to you know do your uh, anthem for you. I would accept that. Okay, that, I'm done talking about this. What geeky things did you do this week, gentlemen? Let's start with Matt, because that way it'll be over quick. Matt, what did you do this week? <laughs> Man, I don't know how to take that, but you oh, know how oh. to take it. <laughs> <laughs> I went to Ralph's Grand Opening Saturday. I was there roughly in the morning time, like 10 o'clock. And, you uh, rock out to the DJ in the parking lot? Yeah, that was kind of weird, the, like the, the different... Style of people there. That you got the cosplayers going in there, and like cartooners and stuff going on. I'm like, what the hell is Ralph doing? Like, what? yeah, really. I, I like that you called them cartooners. It seems to fit. <laughs> cartooners. Car tuners. You starting to do the beatboxing? And for a second, I thought we were having another microphone cord issue there. I was like, why are we getting static all of a sudden? Oh, it's Kirsten. That's right. It's it's Meg with those sick ass cord chewing raps. So I walk in there. I grab. I grab. I picked up a What If Volume One, all of them. Oh, nice. So that's pretty cool. Oh, reading up on your What If. Yeah. And then my my father-in-law was there. I met him in there. Oh shit! And uh, he had an Elseworld DC Elseworld one. Nice. Signed by the artist. I was really upset Ooh, about that. Jo- nice. Sorry, Justice League Elseworld. Nice. I wanted that. And I was like, Ralph, you got another one? He's like, uh, <laughs> No, I don't have one. It's uh, what I got is what I got. I'm going over here now. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Ralph. But that's what that, and I was like, damn it, I want that. And my father was like, well, I'll let you read it after I'm done. I'm like, well, thanks a lot. No, I want it to own and put on my bookshelf. Oh, that's funny. That's great. That's great that he's there. And that also reminds me, uh, Barry, uh, Geek Shock Crew in-law shirts. 
I think you're really stretching it now. <laughs> Geek Shock Crew family. And Geek then Shock I got the crew. booster Monday, so I've been out of commission for the last couple of days. Oh, wait. You uh, mean like vaccine booster? Yeah, it's about the vaccine booster. Not like yeah. Magic the Gathering booster. No. Yeah, I was or like... Or Pokemon booster or right. uh, bo- booster in the car seat. That's for Andy or... So your body's a little racked now. Yeah. Really? Pain, pain everywhere. Yeah, really? sure. Wow. And that's me. So that's what Matt did. All right. Yes, that's what I did. Jeff, what did you do this week? Uh, let's see. This week I uh, finished up the season finale of Only Murders in the Building. Really love that show. Quite enjoying it. And uh, apparently they are getting a second season. So very happy about that. They set it up in the uh, final episode there. Um. I also got caught up on uh, Doom Patrol. So that was nice because I was about four episodes behind. Now so, I'm only two episodes behind. Okay. <laughs> Is that one of the ones they're releasing an episode a week? Yes. Okay. It's, that's, the, that's the excruciating thing about both um, Only Murders in the Building and Doom Patrol is they're on that weekly release schedule. Another one I'm watching is that uh, the Dan Brown um, series. The Lost uh, Symbol. The Lost Symbol. Uh, that one's also on a weekly release schedule. That's like every Thursday night. So it's just like grown, wait, wait, wait. Um, but uh, that one's an interesting one so far. I'm, I'm interested to see where it goes. I also got, well, I mean, we talked about it on the spoiler talk, but I got to see the finale of Lower Decks, which highly, highly enjoyed. That's all you had to say about it. About Lower Decks? Mm-hmm. Oh, no, just it's... Well, I mean, everything's in the spoiler talk. Sure, sure. Pretty much everything I have to say. As a non-spoiler. Non-spoiler, spoiler talk. Um, it ends on a cliffhanger, which uh, is not something that happens a lot in the modern Trek. I mean, they did it a couple of times in Next Gen, a uh, few times in Voyager. Uh, DS9, not so much. It was like a to-be-continued because the whole last few seasons were story arc-ish. Um, I don't... Do you remember, Kirsten, have they done that on Discovery yet? Have they done a to-be-continued other than like season-ending cliffhangers? I don't think so. Okay, because I'm, you know, I, was, I was racking my brain trying to think. <laughs> They're of all to-be-continued. Yeah, yeah, really. exactly. So um, that was kind of interesting. I started uh, CSI Vegas, which is the soft reboot of the old uh, CSI that was based in Las Vegas from, you know, I think it was 1999 or 2000 when the original one started and it ran for like 14 years forever. Yeah. So, um, so the, how many episodes is that, is that going so far? Three so far. I think I have to go back and double check, but I think I'm three episodes in. Okay. Weigh um, it for me um, versus the old, which, what do you like better? I and like why? It. Well, I mean, they brought a few characters from the old in to, you know, kind of it's more of a soft reboot uh, because it's, it is a continuation. You know, it, it happens in the same universe. It happens with a lot of the history um, being um, connecting to the old, so um, I like it so far. Um, I, I I went into it with an open mind, going, okay, I don't know if it's going to be as good as the original, but I'll give it a shot, and uh, I definitely am liking it so far. Uh, I also went to today a uh, Scotch um, tasting uh, that they had uh, with Ardveig, which is one of my favorite scotches. You have mine and Barry's attention. So they had a, a little event at... Uh, um, you enjoy of, the barbecue talk, hey? <laughs> well, barbecue talk. Yeah. They have... Um, it's going on for the next three days here in Vegas, but uh, they have an event where if you go there, they'll let you taste 
um, some of the scotch that they, uh, some of their newer scotch lines that they have available. Um, they had uh, discounts on the uh, the bottles as well as they had freebies. Like I got a, a, a t-shirt, I got uh, two uh, uh, aluminum mugs that have a ceramic coating on them that was nice. It says Art Vague on them. Uh, I got these free shorty smoke sauce, which is interesting. Dude, I'm going for the sauce. I, I need that sauce in my life. I can't wait to open it up and taste it to see what it's like. But it, it looks like yeah, like a, a nice I know. barbecue Let's sauce. Do this right now. <laughs> um, and then uh, one of the bottles I bought uh, has a free smoker built uh, that comes with it. So I'm interested to try that. That's out. pretty funky that it comes yeah. with a. It's, its container is a smoker. I think it's just, a, you know, obviously it's a, you know, promotional thing just because, sure. you know, Ardbeg tends to be one of the smokier scotches out there. That but, is. Um, but yeah, um, <laughs> it was fun. Oh, and then they uh, they laser engraved my bottles for me for free. Um, so mine, of Golly. course, is 80s Jeff Geek Shock Podcast. So I have... In celebration of... In celebration of the of, fact of, that of drinking scotch, that's really all yeah. celebration. Is. Drinking scotch. Uh, I was gonna put suck it vlog, <laughs> and then eighties. I approve Jeff, this message, by the way. But uh, I wasn't sure if they would actually put that on there for me because they did oh. tell me as I was starting to write, it's like, oh, please, no vulgar messages, and Damn I'm like, there, that would be right on the edge of being. There are plenty acceptable. of ways of insulting vlog without being vulgar. It's fine. Well, I mean, the highest insult was that I got to go to this and he didn't. That's a so, good point. So. That is- <laughs> I, I have the scotch. I have the smoky sauce. The sh- the, they, it's called Shorty's Smoke Sauce, I guess, it's, but it's put out by Ardbeg. I don't know if you want to start doing that Shoddy. because he's been to the Highlands and all that. That's true. <laughs> he's, so you, yeah. he's got to flex. You might not want to Well, I was going to go, that but war. You know, then yeah. again, I had you know mom problems at that exact point in time that did I'm not allow me to saying. go. So you might thanks, not want to thanks start. Thanks for rubbing salt in that wound there, Matt. <laughs> wow. The trip that I really wanted to go on The trip that I really wanted to go on there. Wow. Damn. Matt is just in full asshole mode, what isn't a he? dick. He is just <laughs> totally. Boy, that, that booster really got him wow. salty. Wow. But no, yeah, that that was a trip I would have loved to gone on, but you know, wasn't wasn't meant to be. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. So you should probably keep your hard bottle over there, okay? Yeah. Just what about your hard bottle? Your hard. What the fuck is it? <laughs> I, I'm gonna have to figure out a place to lock it up because I just realized since uh, Devin Barry are gonna be staying here while their house is built. Oh yeah. Um, Whoa, fuck your life. Well, yeah. she she works in an office all day. I work at night. And Barry would be home alone all day in all my house. Day. You don't want that, Jeff. No. Nope. You don't want that. I'll come that. back and I'm like, what the fuck happened to my bottle of Ardbeg? Exactly. What bottle of Ardbeg, you'll say. Exactly. <laughs> Fuck you, motherfucker. The no, one that literally has my name on it. The yeah. bottle that literally has my name on it. <laughs> and you'll see your name has been scratched out with marker and he put, you know, yeah. first loser. <laughs> See, this is mine. <laughs> so I'm that was flashbacks. <laughs> that was basically my week. Sounds like a good week. Yeah, not bad. Uh, what did I do this week? Uh, first off, I, I want why the last man was canceled on Hulu. Yes. All right, that's that's news. However, there's still a lot of hope that it will exist elsewhere. So, don't panic yet. Why the last man, people? It's it's very possible it might end up going to HBO Max, which is kind of the the aim that everyone's kind of looking at right now. So all they're saying is 
continue to enjoy the show. There's three more episodes of it. So watch it. It's going to, it's going to finish its season, but they have five, a five season story planned and they're hoping to find a place that will let them finish that story out. That poor show is just wrought with difficulty. I was just reading the article about it being canceled the other day and how it's like, you know, they had to release like part of the reason all the different recastings happen is because with the delay in production with COVID, they had to release people from their, from their uh, exclusive deals. And, and now they had to extend some of those deals just to keep people in the show. And, and then now that they're canceled, it's like, okay, well, we're not going to extend it, but you have up to this point if we get it on another yeah, like streaming the, service. Like or, because of the contracts and how everything yeah. laid out when, when it would be, the show would cost $30 million yeah. to continue. So I can understand not wanting to do that as a, a streamer, but it's such a good show. I hope it lands somewhere. It's. I was just that shocked. That doesn't seem like a big number, honestly. Well, it, is it's, it for TV? Thirty million. Thirty million is in additional cost just to keep the cast intact. Yeah, without, that's without that's having not, to do okay, that's right. Not, My apologies. That's just for cast because okay. it's yeah. already pricey at eight and a half million an episode, which is why they're only doing a ten episode run per Woof. season. Uh, which is kind of the new thing. You know, they're spending more money per episode and just doing fewer episodes with a lot of these streaming uh, series because they can put, you know more finishing touches on them than you would. Yeah, I, I enjoy like the 10 episode seasons. Like some of the older series back in the day, it's like, okay, I'm going to get caught up. I'm going to rewatch this. 30 something. I'm like, oh, yeah. fuck. That's, that's, that's like why I'm... It's like Buffy or Angel. I can't or, move on the CW shows because I'm just like, God damn, there's like 20 some odd fucking of these things every season. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> it's I more know. daunting I mean, every year I don't watch them. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I I don't mind having like 10 solid one hour episodes or I guess a lot of times they're now like 48 minute episodes um, with quality writing and quality production values versus 22 slightly lesser where they're trying to cram everything in. And then even in those 22 episodes on network TV, you're really only getting about 42 minutes worth of actual footage. And a lot of times... With the network TV shows, the first 30 seconds or so that you come back from commercial break, it's almost like a mini recap. So that's extra padded time in the script. So when you cut it down, it's almost like 39, 40 minutes of actual content versus the full-on you know, produced streamer series. So I don't know. I go back and forth because there are still some network TV shows that I like to watch. Sure, but they, they're becoming few and far between, yeah, I, I they find. are. And I do believe that a story only should be as long as it needs to be. Yes. So if you make it any longer than that, you feel it. And that's when uh, it feels like they drug it out. They did. That's why it feels that way. They did drag it out. If your story is 12 episodes a season, great. If your story is eight episodes a season, then that's how long the story is. If your story is 20 episodes a season, I don't believe you. It's, uh, it's interesting you say that, too, because uh, I was um, reading an article with the, the producers of Lost, and they were talking about had they been able to produce that show today and being able to produce exactly the number of episodes they initially wanted to versus where the network got them to stretch it out. And, you know, they had to pad it in, and they basically lost any interest in really... Uh, lost. They, well, they lost their... <laughs> Good they one, said Jeff. their 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 excitement for the series kind of waned as it went on, and I I feel like it 
it came out in the finished product. But had they been able to do a contract with, say, Netflix and say, okay, we only want to go four seasons and we only want this number of episodes, whereas like ABC said, well, we need you to go at least six seasons and we need you to go at least 20 ep- 22 episodes a season as opposed to the the 18 to 20 that they were wanting to do. So Well, Netflix would have countered with, uh, okay, you want to do four, we're going to give you two. Well, that's and, true too. <laughs> that that could also and, happen. Uh, that's it. And everybody has to smoke. <laughs> you you Netflix smokers. They're but yeah, it's one of those what if things. Like you know, what if they'd have been able to do it? Would it have been a, a superior product. Uh, well, it also it also helps. I mean, there's a lot of negatives with streamers. There's some positive too. Uh, but one of the positives is that the age of the syndicated show is pretty much over. Right. It had it. It had a good run. I mean, it's not like syndication is over, but first run syndication is definitely dead. Because um, I mean, networks are always going to buy blocks of TV shows to fill the time, especially uh, local television stations to fill the afternoon blocks where they don't have network programming. So, I guess it's, it's syndication is never going to truly go away. But first run syndicated shows, like uh, you know, back in the day, Next Gen was. It's the highest rated syndicated TV show. Same with Babylon 5 there for a while when they had, uh, what did they call it? Primetime Entertainment Network yes. before it moved yeah. to uh, TNT. Uh, before yeah, to TNT. TNT yeah. yeah. Which PTEN was kind of a weird deal anyway. It was like blocks of shows. Because uh, I remember it was like, it was Babylon 5, it was like Time Tracks, a um, couple other shows. I, I, I'm blanking out on the re- other shows for, that were in there. For a bit there, it was. Um, Hercules and then yes. Xena. Right. Or Babylon 5 was right in the middle and yeah. then Xena. Yeah, because they had that whole block of shows that yeah. they were selling as a, you know, syndicate. Like I, it, where I grew up in Wichita, it was on the the Fox affiliate because they were such a new station. They didn't have really any entertainment past a certain time at night. Like, you know, Fox Network had nothing after a certain point in time, so they would throw those on. A lot of times I had to record them and watch them the next day because sometimes they'd be on at like 10 o'clock at night, and of course my parents are like, it's Get to bed, to... Jeffrey. Yep. Get to bed, Jeffrey. Like, you got school in the morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I did watch Halloween Kills this week. It was on Peacock as well as the movie theaters. Um, hmm. Yeah, I'm hearing it's getting a lot of poo-pooing from the fans of the last one. Now, you know, here's the thing. It's a part two of three-part story. Right. It's a okay. story. Right. So. The first movie that they did, what, a couple years ago? Yeah. Uh, it was a follow-up to the very first movie. We ignore the canon of everything after Halloween, and here's the true follow-up. Uh, it was good. Yeah. And it was-, and it was a standalone story. It was had a beginning, middle, and end. This story is all middle. Okay. Um, and I think that's what's rubbing a lot of people the wrong way. It's not the only thing. Get me wrong. There's a there's a few kills in this where, in the classic slasher fashion, is like no no one would act like that. Even even with the pandemic stupidity, I have to say that there's some of these kills no one would act like that in the face of of this kind of danger. Like the people forgetting how locks on doors work. It's that I don't believe. So you're saying it's empire strikes back without the quality. Okay. Here's the thing. I'm not going to say it's without the quality. It's beautifully shot and it is a darker Halloween picture. Okay. Um, And I think that's turning some people off as well because it is dire. I meant from a storytelling perspective, Kirsten, because I saw the look on your face because 
Star Wars renamed A New Hope is definitely a beginning, middle, end story yeah. with no intention of a sequel, even right. though Lucas says he always intended a sequel. Empire is all middle. Yeah. And there are parallels to Empire Strikes Back in this, in that regard. Okay. One, one thing about this, this, because uh, Michael Anthony Hall's in this, right? Yeah. This is the one where he, and he's kind of like, uh, and he's, whose character is, he's Paul Rudd's character from, because I remember reading somewhere about Paul Rudd. Was no, no, that? Paul Rudd was originally cast as this character, wanted to be cast for this character, or yeah. he was in running for it. But either way, in and up to Anthony Michael Hall, this character oh, okay. is the uh, boy that was the babysat kid from the original Halloween. Right. As uh-huh. a grown up, okay, and the girl from that is also in it. the uh, the The nurse that was first attacked in the first Halloween. There's a bunch of actors that are back from that first Halloween. Uh, although Anthony Michael Hall was recast as that young boy, okay. And I will say, as far as establishing a Halloween universe based on it, it does a good job. Haddonfield. It's the most character I've seen from the town of Haddonfield from Halloween, probably in all of them where the town itself is the character. I'm not sure it all works. And if you're in it for slasher kills, they are goddamn brutal. And I am interested in seeing how the story works out. So I'm kind of in the middle with Halloween kills. There are parts of it that I really do like. And I like the world building that it did with Haddonfield. Um, but script-wise, I'm not sure it's there. Uh, but again, it's Halloween. It's a slasher picture. It's, well, not, it's not trying to be... It, this movie is trying to elevate it into something that I'm not sure it needs to be. Well, you also got to think like we're in the 2021. Like Slasher films really... Right. Uh, 80s but, thing. But this movie so. has something to say about mob mentality. Yeah. Uh, and right. that's kind of its theme. But it only takes a part of it to tell that kind of story, so it's not the full story. I don't know. It's a bit of a mess in that way. But at the same time, when it was all done, was I entertained as a horror slasher picture? Yeah. Yeah, I was. Okay. And am I interested in seeing where it goes from here? Yes, yes, I do. Do I think part three is going to be a kick-ass Laurie Strode versus Michael Myers? Definitely. Right. And she's in this. Yes. Right? Yeah, she is in this. Uh, she was hurt at the end of the first one, and so it, it's yeah. a con- it's a full on continuation. And it's the, the the house was on fire and shit. Yes, at the end of the first one. Yes. So, so, wow. I have a feel. I don't think this movie can be judged yet. Right. I, I think this is part two of a three part, one long movie, and then once part three is done, I think you can then go back and judge part two because part two is not a standalone movie. And I think that's part of the reason why Blumhouse released this to Peacock as well as the theaters Mm -hmm. to say that, you know, this, we want you to watch this so you get engagement so you'll see the third part. Right. And that's, uh, that's where it's at. And the movie's done pretty well in the theaters. Mm -hmm. I think it did a $50 million opening. That's nice. Opening week. So that's pretty damn good for a Halloween movie. Now, now I did look up uh, Rudd was in Curse of Michael Myers. <laughs> You're right, I he think was, he was. was. He was Tommy Doyle You're in Curse of Michael. Yes, yeah. and that's who Anthony Michael Hall is playing. That's in this right. Because I remember reading that uh, Rudd was just like, I'm, I'm very happy that, that it's Michael and go get him, Mike. I've so. seen three different actors from Michael Myers for that movie. 
Halloween kills. Not surprising. I mean, yeah. the face is the face. It's the face is not a character. It's yeah. It's a. Well, and that one credit for Shatner, that's just the mask. So. <laughs> no, he played Michael Myers in one of the... Oh, yeah. shit. Yeah. It was a very stuttery Michael Myers, but right. it, it worked. Yeah. He would just be like with the knife, and he would just stop. And, and then stab. Yes. I'm sorry. No, that's good. <laughs> and and bang got, a green chick. I'm sorry. You know what? Uh, Michael, that's a really weird visual. <laughs> wow. And then he got stabbed by Jason because you can't fuck in a slasher movie because then you're doomed. It's fun because Sci-Fi is running the Chucky TV series right now. They've got the first two episodes up. Well, that's good because John Gruden needs the work. <laughs> hey, yo. Sports ball geek sort of connection joke. We're also mixing up the owner who looks more like Chucky. Yeah, no. but but Gruden was nicknamed Chucky. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, no, no. Okay, there is right. no, there is no. I mean, go get some ice. Right. <laughs> <laughs> there, there is no but. Just, just leave it. There is no but. Only Zod or whatever. There know. is no Zool. but. Only Zod. That's that's a hell of a catchphrase. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Way to mix your genres. There you go. Genre mixing. That's what Geek Shock is all about. Uh, but the sci-fi series Chucky, they had a commercial that uh, was for Halloween Kills, which put Michael Myers and Chucky in the same commercial interacting. Really? That, so that was kind of fun to watch. Uh, I've been watching the Chucky series, by the really? way. Great job. Yeah? I'm really, really enjoying it. Uh, Chucky films have been hit or miss for me over the years. <laughs> right. Understandably so. Um, the first one, of course, I think is a classic 80s horror masterpiece. Right. Uh, two and three, not so much. Uh, then when they, they brought in Bride of Chucky, it became the comedy horror that it was for a while. It went off the fucking rails. See the yeah, Chucky is like, uh, nuts. God. Yeah, I, I liked the first one. I was okay with the second one. The third one I thought was complete and utter shit. Question, um, though. Did he make it to space? Not yet. He's, oh, he has there's left, still uh, room to grow then. Yeah, man. They haven't leprechaun yeah. this shit yet. I don't know. Or yeah. Jason. Leprechaun this shit? Jason goes to space too. <laughs> I know. I yeah. saw that one. Yeah. I, I, leprechaun? He really? goes to space too, yeah. Jesus Christ. But did any of them bang Jennifer Tilly? <laughs> well. Did, you know, I got that right, right? Yeah, you nailed it. Chucky. Or he well, he it. nailed it. <laughs> 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 um, but. Uh, so yeah, see to Chucky, uh, not so much. Then they did that movie straight to DVD reboot a few years back. What seven Yikes. years back? That was really, really good. Oh really? Yeah, it was fantastic. Straight to DVD, and then they did another straight to DVD one, which was not very good. And here we are. And I know this description is going to turn off some people, but I mean it when I say it with love. When you know how much I love this series, that it fucking works. Chucky the TV series is if you took Chucky and put him, put him in Degrassi Next Generation. <laughs> That's why he loves it. Look at and it. Yeah. Lost. Yeah, it yeah, really. You don't want Todd selling your series. Oh, it, it fucking works. <laughs> oh, God. I'm really... It's... Yeah. Chucky... Now, don't get me wrong. There is some ham-handedness in this. There, there is some camp in this. The show knows what it is. Not overly campy. Uh, some, it's kind of weird because some of the actors are really, really good at playing it straight. And some of the other actors are really over-the-top camp. 
and it causes some clash in tone. But Chucky is fantastic. Chucky, I mean, Brad Dorif is still doing Chucky all these years Oof. and nailing it. And the character of Chucky now is so fine-tuned as a a being that loves to kill but has a strong sense of justice. And it's really an interesting thing. And the fact that Chucky is done with full puppetry. There, there's no CGI Chucky's in this. This really? is This is all physical effects and... Chucky has never been better in that regard. And it's wonderful to see puppetry at that level. Hmm. So if you've ever been a fan of Chucky, check it out. The first episode, and maybe even the second one, is available on YouTube. So it's, it's free even if you don't have cable or you've cut from cable and you don't have sci-fi. Check it out on YouTube. It's worthwhile. Um, and I look forward to seeing where it goes. And the fact that Mancini, the guy that wrote the original Chucky and basically lost control of it over the years. Yeah. Now has it back. He's the one that's writing the series. Oh, okay. And and the big mover behind this. So it's great to see him in control of his own character again. So big Chucky fan in this. If you've never been a Chucky fan, if you hated Chucky, this is going to win you over. Um, and my description might not either, but it works. God damn it, it works. <laughs> and I do want to bring up one more thing. Oh. One more thing. Shit. I got a board game this week. A board game I've been wanting to get for a while. It's called Nemesis. Uh, Nemesis is as close to Alien, the movie, you can get without playing, paying licensing fees. I mean, they, they just changed just enough to make sure that there would be no lawsuits involved. But the game is you wake up on a spaceship... It's a semi-cooperative game. You and your your character friends. This fucking guy. What? Yeah. <laughs> semi-cooperative. Right. Semi-cooperative. If you've ever played of uh, Dead of Winter or even Gloomhaven to it. Fucking to an Burke, aspect. right here. Burke. This is Burke. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the whole that you wake up on the ship from a hibernation. Uh, you have hibernation sickness, which causes a temporary amnesia, so you can't remember how the ship is laid out. And in the hibernation room is a body of a fellow crew member, which has had a chest burster of sorts come out of it. And you each have your own object of the game. The winner of the game is the one that can complete their object. Some are very self-serving, some are very not self-serving, and it can go either way. But it also has a solo mode, and that's what I played this week. <laughs> it's in order to learn how to play a game, I always just set it all up and play multiple players. But with solo games like this, well, games that have solo modes, you can teach yourself how to play the game. That way you can teach others and still be entertained by the game itself instead of just being a learning experience. And what's amazing about Nemesis is the game is its own mini-movie. By the time you are done with the game, whether you won or you lost, you will have had a full, harrowing, horror sci-fi experience with a beginning, middle, and end that you shared with one another as a full story. Like with mine, I single character, I woke up pilot of the ship and, my goal, and found out that the ship is infested. My goal was to send a signal of warning out to Earth that this threat exists and either get onto a uh, escape pod and have the ship destroyed. 
that was my whole thing, or destroy the nest within the ship. And as a solo player, it's super hard to destroy a nest. So you don't know what the rooms are of the ship, so you're going blind. It does a really good job of ramping up tension because every time you enter a room, you're causing noise, and as the noise ramps up, more things might come. And when aliens come, they're hard as shit to fight, as they should be. I was able to make my way to the front of the ship, find out that the ship was heading to Venus. <laughs> so I'm like, well, this ship can't end up there, so it has to be destroyed. So I started to make my way back to the back of the engines of the ship to destroy the engines because once 15 turns ends, the ship goes into hyperspace. And if the engines are broken, the ship is destroyed when that happens. Mm. So I'm like, if I can make sure the ship engines are destroyed, then the ship is gone and I've done it. And on the way there, just encountering the aliens and that those harrowing, tense moments the game creates getting there. One ended up infecting me, found out that I was infected with a chest burster. So I already knew I was dead. And I ran out of turns by the time I was able to check all the engines. One was working, one wasn't. It was up to the third engine that I couldn't see whether it was working or not when I hit that final thing. So it hit hyperspace. The engine was broken, so the ship was destroyed, so I was able to destroy the alien infestation, but sacrificed myself in doing so. It created this whole movie story in the course of an hour of rolling dice and rubbing chits across the board. It was... I don't think I've had a board game experience like that. Closest thing would be kind of Pandemic, maybe, where you kind of have that story of this area, but... but yeah. That's not so personal. That's such an overarching story that you have a story to tell. Like, yeah, this part of the country fell apart. We were able to save this one, but we lost it out at the end and the world was destroyed. Uh, well, this one is like you have interactive characters in this. And if, I think when you have multiple players, the story that you will tell within a group, it's almost an improv of a board game that when you're all done and look back at the story you told, I don't think there's a board game experience like that that I can think of. That I've played anyway. So I look forward to bringing it to the board game table some, some point in the near future. It's a really neat game. It's called Nemesis. Hmm. It's a pricey board game. Don't get me wrong. And it's not easy to find because at first it was only Kickstarter available. That, that drives me nuts. But the most successful Kickstarters at least will usually find their way into some game stores. And in this case, finally found a copy. It's about 130 bucks, And you can get it on Amazon but just know what you're getting into financially if you decide to get into this game. But if it sounds like your cup of tea, I think you can definitely get your money's worth out of it. Do you have to buy organizers for it? No, the game comes with its own proper organizers. Everything is bagged. Everything is in its place. Wow. Uh, it has a bit of a setup to it, not as extreme as Gloomhaven, but it'll probably take you about 15 minutes to set it all up. Mm. Uh, but the teardown is super easy, and the game length is about an hour long. Now, maybe longer if you have five players. That's one to five players. Uh, but as far as a buck to entertainment experience, I think it's well worth it. Hmm. And there's expansions for it if you want to continue it on. And there is a second side to the board, so you can actually change the how the ship layout is so you don't have the same game. And again, the rooms are all shuffled every game, so no ship is ever the same. Oh, cool. That's neat. And mm -hmm. another thing is you are given two goals uh, at the beginning of the game. Once the aliens appear on the ship, you then have to choose one, and that is your goal. That is how you win the game. And again, some of them are self-serving, 
and some of them aren't. And there's a variation in the game that if you are knocked out as a player, if you are killed by an alien or something on the ship, uh, there are a series of cards that are given to you and you are now in control of the aliens, which can make the game a little bit harder for all the other players, but also takes out that whole player elimination aspect of the game, which I don't like player elimination in the games. It sucks in Monopoly and it sucks in every other game out there that if you die, that's it. Thankfully, the game isn't super long, so chances are if you are knocked out of the game, you probably only have so much longer to wait before the game gets started over or it's ended. But either way, you have created a story with everybody around you, and I think Hmm. that's a neat experience. So, Kay, what'd you do this week? I watched Squid Game. All of it? Yes. Wow. All of it. Um, It was really funny. My buddy Cooper was over, and we were watching... Uh, we watched a couple of different things, uh, including what the hell was it? It was, um, yeah. Oh, the sword and the beast or the beast and the magic sword, something like that. It was a Spanish horror movie that, um, was actually kind of interesting because there's this guy in Renaissance Spain who actually, uh, medieval Spain who becomes, uh, infected with lycanthropy, and it's a curse on his family line. So then there's a descendant who's trying to break that curse, and he goes to medieval Japan to try to break that curse. So then it goes from there's like a half hour establishing getting the curse and and getting that and getting started and then there's the ancestors so it's kind of funny because cooper and i were laughing at the startup of the beast and the magic sword it finally gets to japan and then we finally got the the bad makeup and horrible oh. choreography oh, and, no. yeah <laughs> yeah this was this was one of those good bad movies i actually got this suggestion from sandy peterson on his oh. youtube channel which he actually talks about good bad movies and he'll talk about um he, he actually does a couple fun lists he did one uh good bad movies horror movies by the decade and he actually started like in 1920 uh, Sandy, now, Sandy Peterson, game designer. Game designer, the guy who gave us Call of Cthulhu, the RPG, and he's still working now. He now uh, runs Sandy Peterson Games, which kickstarted the uh, famous, the notorious Cthulhu Wars. Expensive game. Which is an expensive game. <laughs> and uh, he's done other games as well. He's a big Lovecraft nut. His channel has uh, plenty of Lovecraft explanation stuff. Today I watched his uh, Shubnigarath uh, explanation where he talked about the uh, the black goat of the woods with a thousand young, you know. That's so, my nickname. Yeah. So we got that and we watched that and we had a, we had a chuckle, ha, 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 fun time. So what's the name of it again? The Beast and the Magic Sword. And it's a Spanish horror movie. He suggested a few Spanish horror movies. I also got the uh, the I'm th- that's where I got the uh, the this undead Templars thing that I mentioned. Mm-hmm. I think I mentioned. Yeah, yeah. So uh, so after that, we were like, well, he was like, do we have something with short to watch before I leave? And we were like, well, you know, shit, let's do Squid Game. 
<laughs> Short? So, so no, we did. So well, we did the whole series. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> we did the first episode. Oh, okay. The first Hopes episode. You, huh? Hopes and, you. And it was funny because yeah. yeah, afterward he was like, "It's like one, one a.m." and he's like, "Well." I guess you're going to continue watching this, aren't you? I got to go. <laughs> and so so he left, and I did. I continued until about 4 a.m. or so, and then the next day I finished it off. So I'm about halfway through still. I yeah. haven't finished it yet. It's uh, it's It's got its twists. It does a few things, and it's, uh, it is. It's well done. It's a very well done, very nicely told story, and... Um, I actually enjoyed it immensely. So it's a good, it's a good, definitely a good little Netflix series. It's it is really good, but it is crazy how popular yeah. it's become. Yeah, and I'm glad for it. it. It deserves it. But wow. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. Pretty soon the kids will be playing Squid Games in their backyards. Apparently they have now yeah. uh, that. And not There's the kids' the, squid game. Now I'm talking about the kids' squid game. Like, like at recess, light, at recess, light, kid, boom. Oh, my God, Billy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. At recess, kids are playing Squid Game, the one that it's named after that's a, apparently a childhood game in Korea. Korea the description yeah. in the first episode, the very start. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, so. They're, they're playing that on the playground now. First off, why are they watching squid games at such a young age? Probably not a good idea. Yeah. But on the other hand, they're learning a new game. Yeah. I had a hard time understanding that game. Me too. <laughs> it wasn't until like the final episode when they did a lot of, well, final episode. When they did an episode of a squid game shot from the top, bird's eye view. And finally it's like, oh, okay. Because it's, it's a little complicated. It is a little complicated. It's, it's got some Red Rover to it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's yeah. Got some... yeah. I, I, yeah. I don't know. So anyway. But it really did some, uh, yeah. I mean, the characters. I think that was the thing that I liked about it a lot. I mean, there's some, there's some intrigue. There's some. Let's answer some questions. But for the most part, the character interactions are the things that I. I don't know. About the it. first episode, I was really, I couldn't get into the main character with his interaction with his mom. I was like, Am I gonna watch this? Is this gonna be like this the whole time? Like, that was- is one of the criticisms I hear is that it takes a few episodes to get into that guy, and it's yeah. true. It's yeah. true. But I think that uh, I would say part of that is, you know, to get all Hollywoody. It's part of his arc. Yeah. It's a difficult start. And you know what, uh, Todd? They, I mean, you've, you've watched it. Yeah. They even have. It's so funny, dude. I, I had to laugh because they had a save the cat moment. You know, he stops by and he gives a cat some of the, some of the fish. And <laughs> I'm sitting there and I'm just laughing. It's like, okay, you know what? From now on, every, every, every single movie, every single TV show, you have to have somebody give a cat on the streets a little bit of food. It's a feed the cat moment. Yes, it was very funny. So um, <laughs> he, he grows on you. The other characters grow on you. The, the way they incorporate things. Um, a few of the twists. There's more than one. You know, and uh, actually, uh, I thought that because, yeah, uh, without getting too spoilery, you get towards the end and it's uh, it's like, oh, wow, we OK, you're looking at your 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 progress bar and you're like, there's still what are they doing here? And they actually do some stuff. Wow. So so you got to watch it all the way to the end. Have you seen any episodes, Jeff? 
I have not. Oh. Yeah. It's 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 cool. It's very very cool. So I do I do recommend it. I I did enjoy it. Now are you are you listening to it dubbed or oh, are no. you listening to it dubbed or are you actually reading? I'm a subs not dubs okay. guy. So right. because I'm sort of, and Todd and I, I think I have mentioned this. It drives me fucking crazy. That the looks when, don't match. Right, right. Okay. because it's yeah. like it's like you're watching a YouTube where the audio has slid out of sync with the video and it just starts to grate on your nerves. And it's like I'm sitting here and it's like, okay, I understand this is foreign language, but this is still driving me crazy. Not to mention that most dubs really, for some whatever reason, they tend to fucking suck. It's like a lot of them. Are the actors even in in a studio with the film up on the screen? Because there's a lot of weird dubbing. Now I don't know about well, this the, one. The dubs they got for the um, managers and soldiers and workers are pretty good. Yeah, I will admit. Yeah. Well, and I'm, oh, I'm so a, the guys in the masks. <laughs> you can't see, but I mean, but I mean, no, just, just how they're just how they're. The tone of their voice. Just, uh, okay, uh, yeah. and that is one of the things that they will frequently fuck up on. You know. It's just, how many times in a fucking East Asian movie, no matter the fucking genre, no matter the fucking actor, you know, there's always that, there's always that one line, hey, what do you think you're doing? And it's almost like delivered that way, you know? And it's just like, God damn it. Is it like, do they just use that one guy, that one line? You know, it's like a Wilhelm scream of dubbed East Asian movies. You know what's funny? Because there is that in there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there is that in there from yeah. the big the big guy. Yes. All the way back to Gamera, man. Yeah. And you know, it's funny. I'm, I'm the exact opposite. Uh, I cannot watch subtitled for too I'm long. I'm the same way. I, because, I don't and I, I don't know if it's because I, like every... Japanese animation that was presented, uh, you know, when I was a kid was always dubbed or not. The lips not matching up doesn't bother me because I know it's a dubbed thing. Mm -hmm. Now, when I know it's a thing like, say, on YouTube and I know it's just out of sync, that drives me absolutely right, batty. Right. But I think knowing that it's dubbed, it doesn't bother me at all. But with subtitles, I cannot unfocus my eyes from that bottom third of the screen when the subtitles are on and I can't watch what's going on with the rest of the thing. And I, and it, it takes away from my enjoyment of the product ah. because I can't focus on like the first time that I realized that it was a problem for me was watching crouching tiger, hidden dragon mm. because the subtitles in that one go by so quickly. They do like ridiculously quick. And I saw it in the movie theater. Yes. So I missed out on so much of the action because I was focused on the subtitles, trying to find out what the fuck they were saying. And I, I had to literally go back and watch it again when it came out on DVD and then just try to somehow do a wide focus on the TV and just go, okay, focus on the action and then pick up as much of the subtitles as I can. I, I remember, too, when I got my uh, DVD for uh, Couching Crouching, crouching I love crouching the tiger. tiger. I love the couch tiger. Yeah. Well, you know, hey baby, I am. There's the couch there's tiger. some more artwork. Where's Steve? A couch tiger. Yeah. But um, uh, I, I God damn, I hated, I hated some of the voices. The voice for uh for Zhang Ziyi's character, mm -hmm. just I was just like I can't. I literally can't watch this because this voice just drives me fucking nuts. And also, well, I but sometimes the original voices are just as bad well, too. Well, you know, but 
I mean, because they start playing a characterization of well, that character, well, sure. and it's like it's like okay, your 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 original voice being subtitled is yeah. just as terrible and as the American voiceover artist going, okay, well, this is a close approximation to what they're doing, but that yeah. it's really funny too because there's one character in this series, she is fucking annoying, and she's supposed to be. She's supposed yeah. to grate on your fucking yeah, nerves, and boy, he, does she do it. The voice actor they got for her. Oh. Want to kill her? Did they? Did they? Did they fucking nail it? Yeah, they did. Because I, I, I almost want to go back and watch an episode now dubbed just to see. Because she is, oh my god, it was really funny too. Because my friend, but watch the watch the episode, perfect one. Watch the tug of war episode. Yes, dubbed. Yeah, do that. One. Okay, that. All right. All right. It seems yeah. like a good choice. That yes. would be a good choice. Yeah. Oh boy, that tug of war. When we worked at Ka. When we would get those troops, those huge, whether they were Korean or Japanese, actually. The tour buses? The tour buses. And they would just drop them all by the, you know, they'd take up a whole section. It was always awe-inspiring because you have one section and you got people leaning back, leaning on the person next to them, you know, somebody sleeping. And (laughs) every fucking one of the Japanese and Korean people are sitting there straight up paying attention like a north korean you know well it was so funny because the koreans in particular that there was there was a we would get a little annoyed with the tool tour groups because the tour group organizers would tell them when you see the fireworks get up and leave because that's towards the end, and we oh, want to no. we want to beat the crowd out of oh, there. No. So we had to deal with whole sections just right there, and the fireworks in the is, finale. Yes, the finale. Everybody's like, you know, the whole everyone's clapping, and the whole group's coming out, and just whole sections just whoop, and start scrolling out, and it's just like, God damn it. I haven't even got to like the you know where the this is the main character this guy played this guy yeah exactly yeah, exactly they all come out and do their thing yeah. and and you just got like troops of people walking in front of you and shit I like that I couldn't handle that oh yeah one I couldn't handle that being in the being in the audience and having a whole group of people get up before it's over and I couldn't handle being in that group being told to leave before it's over yeah yeah like, and no, they would I paid my money I'm oh, going to see all the show no Todd they're <laughs> Ter- they're terrified of being left behind because that tour bus is going to tear out of there, and they they will they will be left behind and stuck in America <laughs> with nowhere to go. You don't want that. You don't want that. <laughs> our, our, our healthcare so, alone. You don't want yes, that. Yes, exactly. You know. Oh, you know. Uh, although that that comment is funny considering some of the plot lines in the in the TV series. Good point. Um, but you know, it's it's just like that. But that. Bush. Yeah. God. And you know, can you take your Invisaligns out of my mouth, please? <laughs> the, the bus, it is on its way out. It is going to go. He's, he's not wrong because I, I, it, it's, it's funny. I Memories, I guess, long buried. I'm having flashbacks to when I first moved out here. I worked at Rainforest Cafe at MGM Grand for a very short time uh, and left as soon as I realized it was definitely not the job for me. But uh, when I worked breakfast, we used to get um, the Japanese tour bus groups in. And that exactly, like, they had to get in, they had to get their food right away, and they had to get out in a certain amount of time. Yes. And, of course, they can't communicate that to you because they don't speak any English. 
Uh, and, and they're terrified. To, if yeah. They take the time yeah. to try to explain things to you. They'll point at their watch. Yes. They'll tap at their watch. As they, they watch the other people heading out the door, yeah. you know, you see the beads of sweat. <laughs> and they're just like. Yeah, they're, they're, they're rushing to get to their tour bus. Yeah. And it's like. I put the order in on time. The <laughs> kitchen yeah. is doing its thing. I don't know what thing. those tour guides tell them. I don't either. But, but they like, put the fear of fucking Jesus because they would <laughs> literally they would bring in like ten tables worth of guests at sure. a time. It's like sure. the whole bus. Yes. They would sit them all down, and so you're trying to get to them as fast as you can because, of course, they sit like all the the tour people in your your section. So uh, right. So we were one we were, of you, yeah. very effectively. <laughs> We were we were supposed to have a maximum of like a four table section, but then when you were you opening for breakfast, you had to pick up the section next to you until uh, the next uh, person came in. So you would basically have eight tables, and they would seat that entire eight table section all at once mm. with the Japanese tourists. And so you're running over, and of course they have these preset menus where they're just handing you the menu, mm. and then you ring it in. Well, that's quicker. But uh, it's it's quicker as far as the order taking part. <laughs> yes. But getting the food served on the table, sure, and getting them out by the time they want to get to back to their tour bus, because mm. if one of those tables is finished eating and gets up and starts heading to the bus, oh. they all they all that's it. That's what I'm talking there's about. The, there's the cascade. Yes. They like the last the last table that gets their food is you know <laughs> or is still waiting on their food starts tapping on their watch and they're pointing at you tapping on their watch because holding they, a plate as they run out the. Door. Door. Yeah, because they see the the one table. It's only one table that right, has sure. finished eating and is getting up and moving towards but the they're door. They're shitting themselves. Well, yeah, maybe we've been wrong about this this whole time. Maybe Squid Game's been happening for decades, <laughs> and it's actually just tourist groups. And whoever's the last one on the bus is eliminated. They're they're fucked. Ooh, there you go. You just hear the tour guide. Red light. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dude, wouldn't that be? I figured out what they show them on the tour bus. Oh no. So they show them. Mad Max film, or they show them Idiocracy, and they go, America! <laughs> America! You want to be stuck here forever? You get back on this fucking bus! They're not far off. Oh, my God. Dude, it is so funny, because they, yeah, they don't. They don't. And it, and they're so, God, they're, it's so, they're so cute. You know, you got your, your, your middle class uh, Korean folk are just, they got this kind of uniform all the women have their hair slightly permed. You know, they, they have the cute little look. They're wearing the, like, uh, if you're into military apparel, it's called the boonie hat. I think also might be like a, a fisherman's, fisherman's hat, you know, the, the, the little, just the boxy hat with the brim around it. Um, Cooper taught me, and this is really funny, he taught me a cute uh, little identifier. You know, he's, He's like, his test to figure out, because even though he speaks Japanese, a lot of them don't bother talking to you because they assume you don't know what, you know, what they're saying. So he, when he would greet them, just in visually as they come walking up, he said he would do a little bow. And he said, the Japanese people bow back. The Korean people will do a head bob. The Chinese, nothing. So you then you then know you then know who you're dealing with and stuff like that. That plus, well, this is just a side note. Cooper uh, have fun fucking with like their Japanese women, kind of get a little. They think they're funny or something because apparently they love walking up to people and they would walk up to him and hand him a ticket, not knowing he speaks Japanese, and the women would be like, 
fuck me tonight in Japanese. So he would he would be like, well, let's get you to your seat first in Japanese. And they're like, ah! and their friends are like, that's funny. Oh, God. And I was like, they really do. He's like, dude, dude, it's yeah, they just yeah, they love playing around with the. The, the language stuff because they're very confident and nobody knows well it's 99 so, of the time yeah there, there was another right. uh, one time at star trek we had a uh, fumi she's a japanese american girl in our uh who was starfleet and uh, she knew japanese and this group came up like uh, onto the bridge and they're standing right behind her and it was so funny because the whole show they're talking about her and they're like, do you think she's Japanese? Do you think she's Korean? She's definitely not Chinese. I don't know. What do you think? I don't know. No, no, no. She can't be Japanese. Her breasts are too big. And, and Fumi, Fumi was, is not busty. So she's like, so they're saying my boobs are too big to be Japanese. Must be Korean. And it, it was kind of hilarious. Uh, she never spoke to them in Japanese. She, was, she never gave it up, but... That's also the, the the moment when we have to turn around and look at them. I one time had a group right behind me, all Japanese, and they're ju- they're just a bunch of clucking hens. Talking, 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 talking through the whole thing, and when he does the, looks like one of you, is the answer. And I turn around and look at them. They all just and they all just stare at me like, oh, sorry, didn't mean, you know. <laughs> they 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 thought I was like really gonna give them some shit or something. It was very funny. But that broke me. That was one of the few times I actually laughed in the show. <laughs> but uh, uh, aside from, you know, working with you, Todd. What? To the stars! <laughs> but uh, I, I was known to go off script. <laughs> <laughs> and the one time I, I tried to join in the, the fun, I fucking, I fell apart. <laughs> what, really? <laughs> oh, god damn, dude. I could, because uh, Nanette Soto and Heather Harmon were in the show with me and I was like okay I'm gonna do to the stars this time and they were like oh okay so <laughs> when it was time to get on the, the turbo they're looking at me I couldn't do it <laughs> I just couldn't do it and I was just like ladies and gentlemen <laughs> and we get on the turbo turbo lift the turbo lift and the turbo lift is this oh god the turbo lifts and free fall were falling and I'm just like <laughs> <laughs> I I fucking lost it. I couldn't cont- I just I couldn't I couldn't control my yes. It's like the doors open and they're like is everyone all right in here and everyone's pointing at me. <laughs> He's not. Yeah, it was a, it was a mess. What the hell were we talking about? Oh yeah, the Japanese. So the wolfman goes to Japan. Great. The that was wolfman, Spanish. Yeah. Wolfman. <laughs> Spanish wolfman goes to Japan. And one of the first things I notice is like, dude, dude, I recognize that kimono from Shogun. Oh, my. And, and he's like, what? What? That's sad. Wait a minute. When was this made? We're checking it out. It was made in 83. Shit. That's, and they use Shogun sh- they were wearing, TV show they, stuff? Yes. They were wearing, there's one guy, oh, that's what Richard Chamberlain wore. And oh, that's Toronaga's uh, clan. <laughs> How to save money? <laughs> it was. It was. I uh, guess Toshiro. At the end, it said Toshiro Mifune Studios in Japan. Apparently, that was. Yeah, they. They. It was all the Shogun stuff. It was incredible. 
Wow. Now I, I we were just like wow. Um, and the makeup was oh boy, and the blood effects, and and there was some nudity at one point. The the werewolf attacks a Japanese brothel, so as um, one will. Yeah, you know. Well, we're, you know. When, when in Japan, as a werewolf, yeah. you go <laughs> you attack the brothel. brothel. Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah. Werewolf, so, werewolf. <laughs> there was even a fight uh, with some ninja in a uh, uh, a steam a steam bath. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So um, hitting all the beats. Oh, dude! It it yeah, it did. But uh, it was funny. It was very funny. Script went all over the place. We were waiting for it to hit the um. The one guy he was searching for help seemed to have a scientific approach to medicine. Okay. Working with herbs and stuff like that. And, and then there's a sorceress who says she can help with the curse as well. So we're looking and we're like, okay, here we are. Oh, we're going to get a nice little, we're going to get some science versus magic and which is going to work against the werewolf. And no, it's like the science guy at the end of it just totally adopts the magic thing. And <laughs> oh, okay. Goes after Fuck his, science. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I guess it makes for a more exciting So, movie. yeah, there was this is a moment where it's like, the only way to break the curse is if for someone who absolutely and completely loves the accursed takes his life, and that will break the chain of the curse. She has to do it with a silver sword. And we're all like, oh, well, it's obvious it's that one. And they pulled a fucking switch. Ah. It wasn't that one. It was the other one. And I was like, oh, wow, you bold bastards. <laughs> so, And then Shyamalan goes, ha-ha, what a twist. Yeah, exactly. I mean. Well, uh, it, well, it didn't have you guessing with the brothel and the bathhouse, so. No, 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 no guessing there, so. So, yeah, Squid Game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's do some news you don't give a shit about. Plantoncasino.co.uk. <laughs> uh, That's apparently some online casino thing. Is looking to hire a Simpsons series analyst to watch every single episode of The Simpsons and are willing to pay you $6,800 to do it. The online game site would like someone to analyze the show to predict major events that could happen in 2022. Philip Wasinski, UK country manager at Plant Casino, said, quote, It's a well-known phenomenon that Simpsons have predicted the news from Donald Trump as president to the most recent panic buying of fuel in the UK. After a hard couple of years, we at Plant and Casino are intrigued to see what 2022 will hold. So ahead of the new year, we thought, what better way than putting The Simpsons to the test and seeing if, after searching each series, we can predict what the next year and the future has in store for us. We think the job is a unique and dream role for many who wouldn't love getting paid to watch TV, let alone The Simpsons. If you wouldn't mind spending the next few weeks watching the most loved cartoon family on TV while getting paid for it, please apply now, unquote. Uh, you would expect to you would be expected to watch 35.5 hours a week for eight weeks 
and also watch the Simpsons movie from 2007. Uh, you'll get a box of Lard Lad donuts each week, as well as your Wi-Fi and Disney Plus bills covered, uh, though you'd need to provide your own TV and computer to watch it on. You need to be over 18 and fluent in English to qualify, and applications are going to be accepted until October 31st. So if this sounds like a job you want to do, it's a Plantin Casino, P-L-A-T-I-N, Casino, one word, dot co, dot U-K, and uh, give it a shot. You did forward this to wow. Paul, right? Because this sounds like <laughs> Paul's dream job. Man, it's true. Paul, that would be a tough job. Paul doesn't even have to watch it. That would be a tough job. That's true, too. He's already seen every episode. Yeah. Yeah, 35 hours a week. Woof. Yeah. Ooh, that's commitment. That's eight weeks of Simpsons. Yeah. And that's not even going to get you through all of them, right? Because. No, I think they have it planned out for you to get, because you have to watch all of them plus the movie. Because I'm trying to, they're they're at season, what, 32 now? Sure. Something like that. (laughs) I don't know, man. That's, that's a. Eight weeks. That's less than a thousand a week. Mm. Yeah, it's it's not a high paying gig. Yeah, I know that's and not... that's a lot of hours to put in. Mind you, it is sitting and watching The Simpsons, but that's harder than it sounds. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love Just Mystery Science anything. Theater, but yeah. I don't think I could watch it eight weeks at thirty five well, hey, hours a week. I'm behind on the CW superhero shows <laughs> precisely because. <laughs> I'm intimidated by this idea. 33 seasons, 706 episodes. There you go. There you go. That what, half an hour an episode? Yeah, yeah half hour. It's not like Star Trek where it's an and hour they're ex- an And they're expecting you to analyze it. Yeah. You know, so you're going to be taking notes. Notes. Watching for things that they predict. Yeah. For the, these are possibilities. So it's not just like you're sitting enjoying it. You're actively watching it. So mm-hmm. there, there, there's, a, there's a job in here. This isn't playing while you're vacuuming the carpet. Right. 15,532 hours. What? Yeah. Or wait, sorry. Hold on. That seems... That's yeah. 7,766 okay. hours. Uh, okay. Right. That's, I that's did it by... I, I did a half hour, and then I realized I had to Shit. double that for oh, the... Maybe Shit. one day. Maybe one <laughs> Yeah, Todd. Right. You're, you're going to do that. I'm not going to do you, that. You, you can't even watch the stuff you're interested in. You're right. Luke Cage. <laughs> oh, yeah, I still got to finish that. <laughs> no, I, I finished Luke Cage. I did finish Luke Cage. Oh, okay. It's the Defenders I never watched. Oh, Defenders. Yeah. So you watched yeah, Iron Fist? The, yes, I did. I watched the first weird, lackluster season of Iron Fist. Mm. Ninja don't give a shit about... Yes. Square Enix's The Marvel's Avengers video game now includes microtransactions for <laughs> in-game boosts. The addition of the new boost items, which can be used to temporarily increase the amount of XP or resources you receive from completing in-game activities, was initially reported by VGC. However, the the addition runs counter to assurances that the game will only ever sell aesthetic content, as stated in the Marvel Avengers blog post from August 2020 that laid out how gear and cosmetics would work. Quote, We're also committed that content purchasable with real money in Marvel's Avengers will be aesthetic-only additions, which will ensure we can keep the game fresh for years to come. The fight against AIM is only beginning. There's so much more story and many more heroes on the horizon, unquote. So this runs counter to the previous developer pledges the game would never have pay-to-win scenarios, quote-unquote, as VGC points out. 
The addition of boosts follows an earlier change to Marvel's Avengers, which made leveling up characters require more XP starting in March, with the developer saying that earlier progression system, quote, led to pacing issues. It's entirely possible that these two changes to the game are unrelated, but it's still a pretty bad look. Kind of smells. Yeah. Kind of smells. Let's make it harder to level up and then charge you for a thing to make it easier to level up. Mm. Something we promised we would never do. Mm. I don't know. Oh, we man. lost all our users? Surprise Pikachu face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I wasn't a fan of the game to begin with. The, the, the single-player game experience was all right, but you could feel its MMO-ness. But once you f- finished that out and it, the real game opened up with the multiplayer, it's just become an MMO slog. Mm. So, yeah. So I could care less about the game to begin with, but uh, surprise, surprise, they went back on the whole pay-to-win aspect. Man. And news you don't give a shit about. Cryptocurrencies have long been a breeding ground for scammers. But when you add the current NFT craze, you get a perfect combination of massive interest and untraceable anonymous payments that can lead to a lot of people losing a lot of money. Evolved Apes, Inc., is a project that got started as 10,000 NFTs, you know, them non-fungible tokens, that were all variations of the same theme. Apes. You got apes with brass knuckles, apes holding guitars, uh, punk apes, ninja apes, samurai apes, apes in tank tops, apes in bank uh, bathrobes, etc. <laughs> the project was supposed to help fund a new fighting game where players could own, trade, and fight using their own specific apes. People invested millions of dollars into the project. Wow. But now all the money is gone after the project owner absconded with everyone's investment. The Evolved Apes project got started on September 24th, headed up by an anonymous figure known only as Evil Ape. <laughs> that probably should have been everyone's first red wow. flag. Wow. But that didn't seem to stop people from sinking $2.7 million in Ethereum. A cryptocurrency once the NFTs went on sale. A week later, Evil Ape took down Evolved Ape's Twitter and website. They also took the entire $2.7 million USD that had been intended to continue the Evolved Ape's project and fund the tie-in fighting game. Uh, someone by the name of Mike CryptoBull, one of Evolved Ape's investors, with around $10,000 invested in about 20 <laughs> NFTs, told Motherboard that several warning signs appeared in the days leading up to Evil Ape's disappearance, uh-huh. including a lack of payment to artists and a social media competition where the winners didn't receive their promised NFTs. Uh, despite the setback, the Evolved Ape's community intends to continue with the project. <laughs> However, this time they'll make the Ethereum wallet require multiple signatures so no one can just walk away with all the we, money. You, but <laughs> I can't fool me once. This bullshit. Fool me twice. Uh, Tennessee or uh, <laughs> Texas, but it's a hell of a thing to fool a man. Oh, yeah. Jesus. But fool me can't get fooled again. Yeah. I don't know what fool part ape. of this whole story. I mean, uh. I don't know what part of this whole story aggravates me the most. It's like just the whole NFT thing, the cryptocurrency thing. It's just oh, oh, that's it's hey. every, it's every, it's every aspect of this story. Choose your word to take a punch at. It's yeah, absolutely. I know. It's it was it's literally like the perfect storm of all these <laughs> things that I find questionable anyway, merged together into one big con. On top of everything else, it's a fighting ape game. 
Yeah. The game is you own an ape and you send him out to fight. <laughs> Your gladiator ape. I own an animal and I put it in the ring to fight. <laughs> Jesus. I never thought about that, but goddamn it, you're right. You know, we need to start geek shock and you, cock it, fighting the game. <laughs> and you don't even really own it. You, you you're basically long term renting it. Yeah. Until the person that actually owns it decides to cancel it oh on you without God. any notice. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, don't, I don't. That's know. the thing with NFTs is like oh. it's convinced people that they own something they don't. Yeah. And that's what's so weird about it. There was one of those superhero texts. The. Uh, Earlier today or yesterday that I was reading on uh, YouTube, where uh, they uh, or not on YouTube but on Facebook, and just perfectly captured it. It was like uh, Commissioner Gordon trying to get Batman to help him solve the uh, NFT theft, and and uh, he says, "Well, did did you email the owners of the actual artwork?" And he says, "Yeah." And he goes, "Then you've solved the crime." And it's, a, it's something <laughs> something simple like that. It's like, it, but it's 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 so convoluted now and. Yeah, it, I, I think the biggest issue that I had with M- NFTs anyway was that it was convincing people that they were owning something. And it's like, no, the original artist always will own the item that they're putting up for a non-fungible token. So all you're doing is buying a token that can be you know, taken away from you at any time by the original owner. So you're not, you, you don't own anything. It's like a lease of air. You're leasing air. <laughs> sure. And, and in this case where, in this case, you're, there are so many apes being sold and your ape is your fighter or whatever. If the game crashes, if, if like the whole game just goes under, it, that's all gone anyway. Yeah. Like the money that you sunk into your ape and the game isn't there four weeks from now. Sorry, you don't have any fighters anymore. Yeah. I mean... Granted, you take that risk with any online game. I mean, if World of Warcraft had folded after a year, think of all the money that people put into those characters. I mean, back when it was first brand new, people were putting thousands of dollars into, you know, add-ons for their characters. Sure, all the MMOs, the bodies that lie lie beneath MMOs, the Matrix MMO, the City of Heroes. That was a massive game for a while. Yeah, I mean, I played City of Heroes a lot, and I know that, if I had spent more money on it, I'd have been frustrated when that got shut down because it seemed like it only went for a couple of years and then was just gone. I, mean, I don't remember the actual, actual number of years that it was, it was in operation, right. but it seemed like it just disappeared overnight. Or the, 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 uh, but the, the Star Trek game that people yeah. bought lifetime subscriptions to. Yeah. Are, that game's still going. There you go. That game is still alive <laughs> and right. healthy. Yeah, you're all right. Although, Who else did that? Was it Vlarg? I don't think so. I think it was just me. <laughs> Really? Uh, First loser wasn't in on that? No. I, uh, Second loser absolutely was. I take I take somewhat of the blame for that because he he asked Jeff's me if fault. he should do it's it. It's all Jeff's fault. Well, Is this a good idea? Yeah. yeah so I remember I I'm like remember he comes and asks me one night. I'm like sitting on the sofa watching TV. He's like, "Should I buy this lifetime subscription?" And so we laid out all the pros and cons. And I'm like, "Well, I I know you with these MMOs. You you you." You abandon them for a little while, and then you get the itch, and you go back and play them. So at the time, the amount that they were asking for a lifetime subscription didn't Mm. seem like it was that ridiculous. Oh, okay. And I'm not kidding you. It was, what, three months after that they made it free to play, and then you pay for the (laughs) add-ons? 
I, I, I felt so bad when I read. I, I was like at work. I was reading the article, and I was like, oh, fuck. He's going to hate me for that one. So and, he's and, like, Jeff. It's all Jeff's and, fault. And adding like insult to injury, they didn't refund the lifetime subscriptions yeah. to any of the no, people. Of course they're not going to. They, they didn't give them any. Like, they gave you like a free starship or something, no, right? No, they... To be fair is a weird thing to say in this case. Because <laughs> none of it's fair. Right. But they did give like an ongoing thing that if you have a lifetime subscription, you put that money in there that you get. Because even if it's free to play, there's plenty of things to buy. It's it's a pay to win thing when it come, comes down to it at that point. So at that point, there's like, well, you have all these free things. You have the, yeah, the, plenty of starships and plenty of ongoing currency. It's not same thing though <laughs> <laughs> three months like Boy. Here's, your, here's your tellerite freighter just shut up yeah you, <laughs> really really <laughs> oh my god you You're get free to play a player comes yeah, with the galaxy okay. class you, you get your own yeah you get the whole pack-led home world uh <laughs> we are not smart <laughs> red lights red lights by the way yeah yeah i have to bully and scout ship <laughs> the, the 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 you know in lower decks i really like the pack led clump ship designs yeah those were fun <laughs> just 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 throwing that out there that Boss was funny because it has like what the wings yeah. of like a bird of prey yeah. and it has like the the central core of like a tellerite freighter or something, something like, like that, that. Yeah. i think just... i i'm pretty sure it was a warbird nacelles yeah. but yeah it was it was just this jumbled and, and mess just, and, and it's just so funny because it's like a USS Cerritos or Vulcan ship this and pack-led clump ship. <laughs> <laughs> that was just a clump ship. All right. Oh, my God. What was the red alert klaxon on? Red alarm. Red, red alarm. Red alarm. Red alarm. And it was literally red just alarm. saying red alarm for red five alarm. minutes. <laughs> yes. Well, it was like different tones, like red alarm, red alarm. Red I, alarm. Did, yeah. I did see it. Yeah. Red alarm, red alarm. <laughs> Uh, something we forgot to talk about on the spoiler talk. Yeah. There's just so much to that series. Just so many There's layers. There's no way you're covering it. Yeah, no way you'll get to everything. Yeah. <laughs> they just don't give a shit about... Earlier this week, a patent called Spectators Vote to Bench Players in a Video Game, unquote, was granted by the U.S. Patent Office after Sony originally filed for the patent back in January 2020. So yes, here it is. Another Sony weird patent. The patent points to a system of voting, where, whereby spectators in an online game can vote to kick an active player in the online game that they're spectating. Additionally, the patent also specifies that a notification would be provided to others in the online match, explaining that a player had been kicked by spectators. It's important to remember that all this is done through a voting system. However, judged against whether the votes to kick a specific player exceed a threshold, so it's not as if one solo spectator can go around kicking whoever they please. However, the spectators could also have the option to, quote, warn a player to up their game, unquote. A diagram provided with the patent filing lists, quote, warn well, a player to abuse, quote, Jeez. warn a player to improve, unquote, as one option that a spectator can employ against a player in a match, as well as, quote, provide custom message, indicating that a spectator could even set a custom message to be sent to players they deem aren't playing right. 
As ever with these patents, there's no guarantee that it becomes a reality. Earlier this month, Sony filed another PlayStation-specific patent detailing a system where users could manually reassign their internet bandwidth to be applied in areas such as downloading games. Uh, That system could rapidly speed up downloading times for new games and updates, but again, no guarantee it ever sees the light of day. But this... I... hmm. Spectators being able to boot an active player seems awfully sus. Um, yeah, uh, Todd, do do you play pinball FX on PlayStation? I spectate games all the time. Because I, I was going to say, you know, I I could actually get into second loser <laughs> up your game, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> you watch my shit on Twitch. <laughs> Man, that is... Well, you know what's really funny? Because I love the line, one person can't blah, blah, blah. And it's like, the, have you guys watched the internet? <laughs> right. It's like there, there, are, there are handfuls of one person who can totally ruin somebody's fucking day because they've got the brigade to do it. Right. And so. it's not like... I mean, mind you, some esports do have a lot of spectators. But most people playing, even in some esports, there is a small group of people watching, and it's not hard to get a quorum. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I I don't know. I, it's, but, ooh, uh, I don't know. I hope this one doesn't see the light of day. But second eh. loser, pick it up. <laughs> get that bonus ball. Fuck you. Weekend geek. Woohoo! Yay! Yay. I know, holy shit. Red alarm. Red alarm. Red alarm. Red, I, it was so funny because when it first started, I'm like, what the hell are they, what What are they saying? That's not really red alert, is it? Oh my God. Yeah. Rob Reiner's Castle Rock Entertainment production company is being revived. Castle Rock was founded in 1987, and its purpose was to allow creative freedom to individuals, a haven away from the pressures of studio executives. Castle Rock was to make films of the highest quality, whether they made or lost money. Some of the films it produced over the years include When Harry Met Sally, A Few Good Men, In the Line of Fire, City Slickers, Misery, Needful Things, Dolores Claiborne, The Green Mile, The American President, and The Shawshank Redemption. On the TV side, Castle Rock produced one of the most successful comedies in history with Seinfeld. Reiner is CEO of the company with co-presidents Michelle Reiner and Matthew George. They have a $175 million cash infusion that will be used to develop, produce, and finance feature films. I'm so glad to see Castle Rock pictures come back for yeah. that very reason. Because they, they, even though a lot of their films made great profits... Right. That was not the focus. The focus was they wanted to create art that with the creator's vision in mind. And it wasn't to that profit was the no all end all. It was the product was the no all end all. And that's so missing from a lot of places. Now get mind you, there are some places in the streaming atmosphere, especially on Netflix, where they're willing to take chances on stuff in hopes that will bring some people to subscribe. Right. Right. It's not, they're, they're not banking on that. This is going to make us millions of dollars. They want subscription eyes. So they're willing to take niche products to bring just that much more viewers to Netflix. Sure. 
But that's rare in movies. That's rare in the movie theater. Oh, yeah. So, so glad to see this come back. It's funny. I, uh, I did not know the Rob Reiner connection, which suddenly explains something, because I remember once on uh, Bill Maher, this is like uh, 2015 uh, or 2016, and Reiner actually like just expressed bitterness that uh, Steve Bannon makes a boatload of money off of Seinfeld. Oh yeah, because uh, I guess that uh, and there's there's all that connection, and Bannon was in there somewhere. I don't know what exactly he was doing, but he gets a piece of Seinfeld whenever Seinfeld runs, and that really sticks in Reiner's craw. And now I understand why he actually talked about it, aside from hating Steve Bannon, which, you know, makes sense right there. Sure. But I did not know that. I did not know that. Right. Gal Gadot and Jason Varsano's production company Pilot Wave has teamed up with Atlas Entertainment, the company behind the Wonder Woman movies, to buy the adaptation rights to Catriona. Uh, that's not right. Adaption Katrina? rights to Catriona Sil- Sylvanie's debut novel. <laughs> K- Katrina? No, it's Catriona. That's right. That's a name. But uh, I thought it was something called Catriona. It's not. It's, it's the novel writer. I, I, I do like your delivery on that. Thank though. you. It was very good. You I, can, I, I meant it when yes, I said it. you did. <laughs> Don't the, cut that out. The, I'm not. The novel's okay. called Meet Me in Another Life. <laughs> <laughs> And it's Catriona Sylvie's debut novel. Ah. Uh, Gadot is also on board to star in the film once it makes its way to production. The book focuses on Thora and Santi, two strangers who continue to meet in different versions of reality where they have different relationships. Sometimes they're friends, sometimes they're lovers, sometimes they're enemies. Their connection, however, speaks to a larger mystery that they must solve before their many lives comes to an end. That's fair. This is... A series or a... It's got a movie. A movie. Meet Me in Another Life. Oh, well, good, because at least we can watch it and it'll end and <laughs> we've seen a story and we don't have to spend weeks to do it. And if it's on CW, you know, probably lose track of it and then fucking... You know that movies are still being made, Kristen. You can choose, choose those. Well. But choose wisely. Yeah, really, <laughs> right? the truth. I'm still stuck on the, the name there. Is it C-A-T-R-I-O-N-A? Why does it yeah. bother you so much? Holy That's shit. It's Katrina. No. It's a... It, oh, my God. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Let's pr- prove this. Prove this. All right. I'm going to... I'm going to... I'm going to... Let's see, Katrina. I'm, I'm still. I I hated when Hurricane Katrina Katri- came through. Katrina. Dun dun dun. Katrina. Katrina. And then that one says or Katrina. Oh, there's an or. You didn't oh, read that, shit. did you? <laughs> it's like Jeff and Joff. <laughs> oh snap! Joffrey. <laughs> I've never seen the or before because <laughs> my Scottish and Irish friends said it's always pronounced Katrina. Well, dude, because it's it's a, like a Gaelic spelling. Yeah. F- f- my this? dad Katrina. Used to, my dad used to say it all the time. The mix can't spell for shit. So, um, <laughs> what? <laughs> now that was his joke because you know because they use the Latin alphabet a little different from uh, you do. know uh, other Romance languages, and so when I was asking my dad, "Dad, what?" and I was a kid, and it's like just and my dad, old school Depression era New York City, okay, Italians, Jews, 
and Irish. They're going to get the, the ass end of anything. And uh, I was like, look at that. doesn't make any sense, that spelling there. I don't understand it. And he's just like, Mix can't spell for shit. So, Oh, our ancestors. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> anyway. So anyway. The but, long uh, arc of history bends toward justice. Now, now I will say, by the way, uh, what geeky thing I did this week. I also oh. happened to watch a YouTube video where a guy, a guy. explained Irish pronunciation. No. And he explained letter combinations and stuff like that. So you actually got the whole skinny on why things are pronounced right. the way they are and stuff. So there, Joff. It's Catriona. <laughs> <laughs> so there. Mic drop K. <laughs> well, actually, no. I, I think... It might might actually be Katrina, so sure. I don't know. But, <laughs> Very uh, well, yeah, but you know, I mean, hey. yeah, it's not Torgo covering up for his shitty reading of something <laughs> that never ah, happens. Yeah. <laughs> well, dude, it's just Shivan. You just try to. I, I still. I hope some but Shivan something or other appears in one of his news reports. <laughs> that's going to be fun. Siobhan? Siob Siobhan Siobhan by the way. By the, by the wood. <laughs> by the wood. Which is probably someone's real name. Yeah, really. We're going to get a comment now. Geekshockpodcast.com. It's been a while since we lost somebody, but oh. uh, we did lose somebody this week. A couple of somebodies, actually. First, we lost David J. Negron Sr., the conceptual painter, illustrator, and storyboard artist. He died at the age of 85. Negron embarked on his career as a conceptual painter in the mid-1960s. But he went on to collaborate with Steven Spielberg on Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark and Jurassic Park, visualizing iconic scenes, including the giant boulder chase for the former, along with the various dinosaur environments for the latter. He also painted iconic images for Ridley Scott's dystopian sci-fi classic Blade Runner. Other notable projects Negron was involved with include David Zucker's Ghost, Gremlins, Star Trek The Motion Picture, Midnight Run, The Jewel of the Nile, Back to the Future Part 3, Ace Ventura, Last Action Hero, Out of Time, and Ghostbusters. While at 20th Century Fox, he worked on such films as Hello, Dolly! and Tora, Tora, Tora. And shortly after his time at that studio, he moved over to Walt Disney Studios, illustrating for movies and creating posters for Escape to Rich, Mount- Rich Mountain. I didn't see <laughs> Escape to Rich Mountain. But I didn't see Escape to Witch Mountain and 1971 Michael Caine film Kidnapped. And while at Disney, Negron was assigned to Walter Elias Disney Enterprises, the amusement park development company now known as Disney Imagineering, where he created conceptual paintings for rides and attractions at Disneyland and Disney World, including Epcot Center and the original concepts of Space Mountain. He also painted the three-panel mural based on the the turn-of-the-century scenes that appears inside the Plaza Inn Cafe at Disneyland and Disneyland Paris. So, quite the Hollywood prolific storyboard artist. And we also lost Hiroshi Ono, the Namco pixel artist who helped create some of the greatest games of the golden ages of the arcades. He died at 64 He's better known as Mr. Dot Man, also called God of the Dot Picture, also known as The Magician. Hiroshi Ono joined Namco as a designer and artist in 1979, and at the time, Japanese games didn't often credit, uh, didn't have credit roles, so his work on some of the biggest games of the era went uncredited. Ono's works include Dig Dug, Xevious, Pac-Man, Galaga, Mappy, Pole Position, and many more Namco classics. 
So if you like the look of Pac-Man and Dig Dug, it's Mr. Ono you have to thank. So we honor them today. Wow. That man is playing Galaga. (laughs) (laughs) Thought I wouldn't notice, but we did. Konami is set to ramp up its premium game development with new installments and remakes of its greatest franchises, including Metal Gear and Castlevania. That's according to publishing sources who spoke to Video Game Chronicle anonymously because they did not have permission to discuss their projects publicly. Uh, Konami's premium games output has slowed down significantly in recent years. Yeah, that's... uh, yeah, that's a big statement. Uh, the last new Metal Game Gear came out uh, was 2018's critically panned Metal Gear Survive, and the last mainline Castlevania releases 2014's Lords of Shadow Two. <laughs> Metal Game Gear. Metal Metal, you mean Metal game? Gear game. Yeah. Sure, that one too. The Game <laughs> Gear. Fuck that thing. <laughs> Nobody played them Game Gear. I think that's what fucked Konami. I think over. so. That and the code. Yeah, in the past decade. Konami decided to grow its development in pachinko gambling games and said, fuck game development. It, it was a big statement at the time. And literally, Konami said, oh, we don't do video games in, anymore, but we do do pachinko. So they made Silent Hill pachinko, Castlevania pachinko, Metal Gear pachinko. And that's when Silent Hill went off the rails, when they did that awesome PT uh demo game that's no longer available one of the right. best demos ever created which turned out to be the proof of concept for a new silent hill game amazing and then konami said nah nah fuck this we're not doing this and took it away and just shut down everything now they've got it back together following a restructure to the company's game development divisions earlier this year they're now focused on bringing back its biggest brands to the game space uh, the first of these titles will be a new Castlevania game, which sources described as a, quote, reimagining of the series currently in development cr- internally at Konami in Japan with support from local external studios. Something that says a little different. They're now using external studios, which is a good thing. A new project's currently in development with multiple sources suggesting it would be centered around fan favorite entry Metal Gear Solid 3 Snake Eater rather than the original Metal Gear Solid. So that's in the works. And Konami also intends to release remasters of the original Metal Gear Solid games for modern consoles ahead of the larger product uh, project. Are you done? We must be two hours in the show. <laughs> Finally, multiple Silent Hill games are currently in development at various external development studios. So thank goodness for that. Uh, Did you ever play that first Metal Gear Solid? When it first came out? Uh, I played the very first Metal Gear on the original NES before it was a solid anything. And uh, the game was had a lot of new things to it, and really didn't get the appreciation it deserves at dirt at, deserved at the time. Uh, I'm not saying it was a great game, but it had some new ideas going for it. Uh, I did not play any of the Metal Gears going after that, though. I what sticks out for me is finding that cardboard box. <laughs> <laughs> the the so, iconic yes How, cardboard the, box the game that made cardboard boxes iconic yeah where you hide and oh, what's this box here huh the guard walks over oh, what was that noise <laughs> it's pretty you ever play it no PlayStation no. I've watched Paul play it back in the day uh, the rooming days when you know Paul one of Paul's favorite things was 
other people watching him game. Talk about spectating. <laughs> right? Oh, yeah. Paul okay. lived Twitch before Twitch existed. Yeah, yeah. Come over and watch me play. Yeah. So, so, look at this game. And you play and you just sit there and watch them? And, 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 wow. <laughs> it's just a, watch this. Watch this. Moves a box. Moves another box. Moves a box. Moves another box. Climbs on top of the boxes. Gets something off a shelf. Gets down. And it's like, wow. <laughs> did, he, did he do the end? He looking like... <laughs> and look at everything. Oh no. No, 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 uh, dude. He he's Paul's focused. That uh, that he's got those laser eyes right on that screen. He ain't missing shit. So it was funny. It now, was now Konami funny. didn't just uh do uh pachinko games too, right? Because they, they focused a lot on the uh the gaming industry in general. And by the gaming industry, machines, I mean like yeah. the gambling industry, because yeah, it's <gasps> yeah, they, they made gambling games. Yeah, because uh, they got a place dollies. here. Yes, in Vegas, I was gonna yeah. say uh, Konami has a big development studio slash production facility here in Vegas uh, that they make a lot of video slots. So right, interesting. That, that was oh and, and wait, they, they yes. make a lot. They make a lot of money. You see, off you see Konami trademarks all over video slots. Okay, that's yes. right. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And and it, usually you don't always see it in the actual game part, gameplay part, but you'll see it on the machine. It'll you'll be on the, the cabinet, sure. So yeah. yeah, next time anybody walks through a casino in Vegas, check you'll see Konami on, on a lot of the machines. And when you're playing video poker. Uh, Good luck. <laughs> do, do the code, folks, because you'll, <laughs> you'll hit. You'll hit that progressive. No, everyone knows. <laughs> What's your secret code? Write to us. <laughs> comments at geekshockpodcast.com. And I also want to thank our Buckfest and Haggis tier members, Leon Mitt, Jeff Harris, Jake Godbold, Ozzy Matt, and brand new Martin Tierney. Thank you so much. In the Fireball Whiskey tier, King Vald, Deb, and David Farrar. And I want to put a special shout out to our banana pudding tier, which we didn't mention last week. Sir Chomps, Matthew Bates, David Hydebreyer, Scoop Bucky, Highland Scoop, Chad Wilson, Ambivalent Hoax, Richard Bruins, Scoopatron, Mandy, Sour Matty D, Jacob Flora, and Aaron Esquire. Thank you so much. Also, our one-off donors, J.R. Conkel, who was a great author, by the way. Go, Oceans, JR. Hungry Grasp, and Kingvald also giving us a one-off, as well as being a tier member. And our brand new tier members, Atomic Gumby, Michael Hoffman, Mama Ninja Scoop. Thank you, everyone, for supporting the show. And until next week, I am Master Torgo. 80s Jeff. Maple Leaf Matt. And we'll talk to you next week in Geek. Uh, uh, congrats, JR. He got the 2021 Pencraft Award. Did he? For uh, fiction fantasy. Wow, that's so, fantastic. Yeah, he did. Mr. Kunkel, great job. Go. Congratulations. Go. Yeah. Uh, if, if, you haven't, if you don't know his books, it starts with Citadel of the Fallen. Check it out. It's definitely worthwhile. Yes. I, I, uh, and we're, he, we're. The, you, yeah, you, listen to me. I'm, uh, yeah, 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 sure. Yeah, you've accepted as the, yeah. Your, we're all there. Your, your co-author. Uh, he's um, <laughs> he is available on Kindle as well as uh, just uh, getting a print book. So you can uh, you can do that. Get electronically. Throw yeah. throw him some scratch. Absolutely. It and it's good. It's um, and by that I mean buy his book. <clears throat> yeah, it, they're they're good. They're 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 done well. They're done well. They have the geek shock done well. Approval seal of approval. Yes, <laughs> which should be another. Sticker. There's yeah. There you go. The done well seal the of approval. Well seal of approval. No, actually the full. It'd be the geek shock done well in quotes seal of approval. Yeah. 
Yeah, done a, and done. There's a sticker we should do. Done right productions sticker. That's yeah. a, that's our official. I was surprised yeah. that we didn't have a red light, green light this week. I I guess maybe Squid Game has kind of intimidated you. You don't want to. Don't want to. I have one coming. Yeah. But there was an interesting timing issue on this week's show. No. Well, I would love for us to actually do a Squid Game red light, green light once Andy gets back. Cause I are, wanna... are you talking the children's game, red uh, light, green light? Uh, uh, the one where people die. Oh, I see. Yeah. I want to see how Andy handles that. <laughs> so... He would survive. You know this. <laughs> he would like triple fall, like knock me. I'd be like, you motherfucker. I'd be dead. Okay. And then, you know, that's what would happen. There, there's, there's, there's Matt bleeding out, looking at Andy. Really? Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> and then Paulette peeks over the, the field and they go, you have to relax. Yeah, yeah. Paulette, Paulette's the giant statue. She just turns around. You have to you relax. Have to relax. <laughs> oh, Andy. <laughs> oh, Andy. Not missed by well, me. You, well, you came and you spilled. Spilled without apologizing. <laughs> But I sent you away for good reason. 